0: This week's show is kind of a fun one for me. I've listened to the Brewed Up podcast since it came out. And Tyler, who is one of the hosts of the show, I've been talking to for some time online, but we've never actually really met. So we've been trying to get together for a long time and just have a conversation about homebrewing, their perspectives on the hobby and a bit about their history. So stick around while we talk to Tyler and Lori of Brewed Up this week on Homebrewing DIY. Drop a magnetic scrubber into your carboy and be able to scrub away all of the grime in that hard-to-clean cruisin. They are no match for Scrubber Duckies, and you can get yours today at ScrubberDuckies.com. Once again, head over to ScrubberDuckies.com. And welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing, gadgets, contraptions, and parts. This show covers it all. On this week's show, we're talking to Lori and Tyler of the Brewed Up podcast. We're going to talk to them about their views on brewing, their how they found their club, and how they started their podcast. It's a really great, fun show. This was a really, really fun show, so I invite you to stick around and have a listen but first i'd like to thank all of our patrons over at patreon it's because of you that this show can come to you week after week head on over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing diy another way to support the show is by writing us a review head on over to podchaser.com or you can if you're listening to us on apple podcasts you can just scroll to the bottom of your app leave us a five-star review and your review is going to help others find the show Another way to support the show is head on over to Coffee, that's KO FI forward slash homebrewing DIY, and there you can give one time support. It's all of these little ways of supporting the show that keep us coming to you week after week. And of course, the last way to support the show is head on over to our website, that's homebrewingdiy.beer, and there you can. Use our sponsor banners. You can shop at Adventures in Homebrewing, you can get a brew bag at brewinabag.com, or you can buy Brewfather. And in doing so, they know that we sent you and therefore support the show in turn. I have to say, I am really excited about how much response I've had for the Iron Chef of Beer that we're going to start doing here next month. I just talked to a brewer today who has sent out his batch of beers that we're going to taste. So the first one to show up at my doorstep is probably the first one we're going to record. It is going to be a once-a-month show, but I've had enough response that I think I'm I'm good to go for the next uh, six or eight months. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. That being said, uh, if you are interested in participating, the, the rules of the show are going to be essentially... Your, the iron chef is essentially a commercial example that is listed in the BJCP examples. We're going to taste one of those beers and we're also side by side going to taste the homebrewed beer. And we're going to see which one is actually the one that is better. Uh, you will be tasted by two BJCP certified judges. One will be Ryan Packmeyer. The other one will be a rotating judge based upon all kinds of criteria But we are excited to get these shows together and put them out. So keep an eye out for the beer competition episodes from Homebrewing DIY. So pretty excited. I also want to let everybody know that there will not be a podcast episode next week. I may just drop in an old episode just so that something pops up in your feed. Maybe something from the beginning of Homebrewing DIY just so that at least if you, if you want to have something to listen to over the holiday. I know that we're not a majority of the people that listen to this podcast are in the United States, but this is a global show. And so, you know, the United States has Thanksgiving and it's on a Thursday and I am actually taking next week off completely and spending it with my family in lockdown here in Colorado. But I am excited about taking a break from all of my work and all of my podcasting and just kind of Spending time with the kids and the wife. So just note, there will possibly be an episode that is a rerun, but there will not be a new episode. The last kind of announcement that I have today is get your homebrew hacks in. The last episode of the show, which is the 26th of December, is going to be our annual homebrew hack show. That is where you talk about that tip or trick that you do for your brew day to make it easier or some sort of gadget that you've built that's made your brew day easier. Whatever it is, we want to know and we want to read it on the air. We're going to get some really nice gifts. We'll probably give everybody homebrewing DIY stickers. If you send your information, we'll send them to you. But the idea is that, hey, send over your homebrewing hacks to us so we can get them. Uh, The cutoff date for that is going to be December 15th. I think that should be enough time for us to get everything put together and then we will get together and we will go through and record all of your different homebrew hacks and that will be the show December 26th. Just so you know, this is one of our more popular shows if you, which you don't see the stats, but it's definitely one of our most listened to shows since this show is inception. So the homebrew hack show is always a good time. So excited about the holidays and excited about the homebrew hack show. All right, we've got to jump right into it, though, because this is a pretty long conversation where I had the ladies from the Brewed Up podcast. So let's head on over to there. I'd like to welcome a really cool duo to the show this week. We have Lori... Gutierrez and Tyler Sadler they host the Brewed Up podcast and welcome to the show
1: thanks for having us thank
2: you
0: happy to be here the reason I asked you ladies on the show is I have listened to your podcast a bunch of times and first of all I want to point out that I love your show it's it's so cool to listen to you talk about brewing and I'd love to talk a bit about your backgrounds as brewers, let's start with Tyler and maybe talk a bit about your history.
2: Sure, so my history is actually pretty short. I hadn't really been into craft beer until maybe a couple years ago. I had the classic, like, I really didn't party in high school and college. I started partying and it was mostly like crappy beer, PBRs but like, you know, like college shit. Sorry, can we <laughs> curse on the spot or? Go right ahead. Oh, okay, okay. So, so I was drinking beer a lot in college, but really until after I graduated was when I started drinking quote unquote craft beer. So I think the first craft beer I was into was Lagunitas IPA and I was mostly drinking it because it was cheaper than like cocktails at the bar. <laughs> 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 and so I started drinking that and then in terms of brewing, when I started brewing is when I really started to explore all the different beer styles. I had no idea that so many existed and so I started brewing January of 2018 and just got a a Northern Brewer like starter kit, five gallon starter kit of like an amber ale Brewed that, bottled it, tried it. And I was like, damn, that's actually pretty good. I was like, that tastes like, it doesn't taste like Coors Light, you know? It's when you have that first revelation of like, beer doesn't always have to taste like pee and like you also made it. So it was cool. And so after that, I got really into it. And I always always say this story, but like five gallons is a lot for one person and but in my mind I was like that's the smallest batch Um, (laughs) because it was just like what people said online or whatever however you want to put it but five gallons was like the smallest batch so I did that a few times and I was like oh man like 50 bottles of beer in my fridge like I'm the only one drinking it this is too much so I actually stopped for maybe like six months and then following january in 2019 i started to do one gallon all grain and that was i mean the process was a little bit longer obviously but it was so much easier to to maintain and also drink i would make like a cute little eight pack and then shortly after that is when i joined SoCal cal set of aceto so that obviously helped my brewing get a lot better and since then i've been like nonstop brewing and yeah it's been it's been a fun ride so haven't been brewing for long but i've been brewing well, a lot
0: <laughs> and one of the cool things is when you join a homebrew club you you get you get somebody to share your beer with right and you get good feedback i i think mm-hmm. for me the feedback i get from my homebrew club is something that is priceless uh, it helps me understand that i make good beer or i make a bad beer which i do make bad beers often i will admit but the the reason is is cuz I'm the guy who always they I'm the guy who shows up with some weird experimental beer that I'm just like, "Oh yeah, I just tried to do this and we'll see if it turned out you guys are my guinea pigs, right?" <laughs> That's so, cool.
2: I think we both are kind of similar, you know. Yeah. yeah. We
0: like to try all sorts of stuff. It's fun. Well, well, Lori, why don't you give us a bit about your background and how did how did you get into brewing and you do a lot of ciders and meads as well, right?
1: Yeah, not not a lot of meads. I've, I'm doing like my third or fourth one right now, but a lot of ciders, I guess. I went to school in Chico, Cal State Chico. So it was like craft beer, love wine, NorCal. Then I bought my husband an IPA kit and we made it and it was really fun. And it was like, oh, hey, it's kind of good. And then we repurposed it to make cider and it was like, I homebrew IPA is good, but have you had homebrew cider? And it's even better because it's so easy. And then I just never really stopped. But I also really didn't, I was just making the same stuff over and over again, just for personal consumption. And then sometimes experimenting and then joined SoCal Serviceros and didn't have really a community. Like my husband liked it. My my girlfriends liked it. I was like, they're drunks. They don't know anything. But then when you (laughs) give it to like a serve at a festival or, you know, you, Meet other homebrewers that you don't know that they don't really give a shit about you, and then you're like, "Oh, this is good." Then you're like, "Okay, I want to keep doing it." And then being in the the club, being like one of the only cider, people who made ciders, but I would I had just stuck with it. But then I started brewing, and then brewing, we kind of got like a girls' group together in the club and started brewing, and so that was really fun. Met other women, and I mean, I'm a little sexist. I would prefer to get my information from women, so it was it was good that. <laughs> we <laughs> kind of got each other. Like, I hate asking men questions, but <laughs> then that's what we, that's what we're doing. And then I, I trust Brad Smith. I downloaded beer. I know this is a grandfather. I shouldn't say that, sorry. Is that, is that, or what
0: I you know, have whatever. no allegiance to any brewing software. <laughs> you are totally okay. okay. I own a copy of Bruce Beersmith. Okay. We are okay. So
1: like, it made sense to me. I'm also like, I'm very rustic. I don't really have firm temperature control. I could give two, sh- you know, I I'm all over the place. I never write things down. I'm very inconsistent. So like that's the kind of brewer
0: I am. Oh man, I I was totally <laughs> gonna jump in there because you you said that you made the same recipe over and over again of your cider, mm-hmm. and for, and like, it was for, for personal for years. And to me, when you do that, you kind of start to make a consistent product when it's that same. I, I call it my house beer. I have a house beer that I've made yeah. the same recipe for forever, and. For me, that, and and of course, that beer is like rock solid. It's always the same, right? And, and when I, and this is a personal opinion, you could not agree with me, but for me, there are two types of brewers out there. There's the brewer that's always just, I made this beer, the next beer I'm going to make is that beer, and the next beer I'm going to make, it's, they're all over the board. And then there's the brewer that has made the same five or ten beers they make them year in and year out and they make them consistent in hell. health neither way is a ro- the wrong approach i'm more of the first approach and i have a couple go-to's Whereas uh, I have guys in my club that I have one guy that he brews with the seasons and he only brews until summer. And then he brews <laughs> exactly on the same rotation every year. And it, it, he even branded all of his bottles and beers to the to the tea. So uh, in my mind, that's that's what I always kind of imagine. And so it, it's funny that it then at the end, you're like, oh, yeah, but I'm inconsistent. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm very inconsistent. <laughs> I mean, she I was, she goes with the flow. She goes with the flow.
1: Yeah, I go with the flow. If I have an idea, like I'll try to execute and then I mean, now that I'm brewing, usually during the during the boil I'll assemble. I don't even call them, like I'm not pressing. I'm not like sometimes I'll get fresh juice. I'm really uh, I'm assembling a cider. I mean, I I got my store-bought juice. I've got a packet of yeast. Boom, it's done. In the boil, there's like an episode of Housewives on in the background. It's very like... (laughs) (laughs) I I almost think like I am really using like the same bottles that I've always been using. Mm -mm. I keg now too, but my my bottles are like... If these bottles could talk, you know what I mean?
0: Housewives of OC, what's your...
1: I mean... Yeah, that's all the above. Information.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, randomly, well, actually, I, I just saw
1: Salt Lake. It was oh, yeah. It was so
0: crazy. randomly, I'm from Salt Lake, and I am good friends with one of the Housewives. So kind oh, of crazy. Yeah, funny. yeah. That's I cool. I so my history is I used to do I, I've done restaurant sales for years and years and years, and the very first restaurant I ever sold in my entire life was to one of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City for her first restaurant. So kind of nice, weird.
2: Nice flex there, you know. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> wow. kinda kinda
0: crazy. Good. But yeah, let's let's talk a bit about so we're a DIY show, right? And and I am sure all of you have done some sort of DIY projects in your brewery. I know that like for example, <laughs> Tyler just recently got a keggle, which is probably the king of DIY projects when it comes to the, the A they're not. It's not as easy. You got to get some tools out, and then, but then, B, it's something that's going to last you for life. Like you're never getting re- like your, your kegel will brew thousands of batches of beer before it wears out. So, let let's talk a bit about like you know why you went to a bigger kettle. What what was the reasoning behind it, and how did you do it?
2: Yeah. So I had purchased a really nice Bayou Classic eight gallon pot for myself for Christmas, I guess, I think it was last year. And all my friends are like, why are you getting the eight? Just get the 10, get the 10. I was like, Mm -hmm. nah, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. And then, you know, over so many brews these past, I'm like, literally just the, you know, after you sparge and everything, it's like right at the rim and boil overs were becoming just a lot to deal with like i would have to stand over the boil <laughs> boil kettle for you know you just want to like leave it you want to you know once the the hot break starts going you settle that down you kind of want to like leave but that would never be the case for me i was like okay i got to i have to get a bigger kettle cuz this is too much and so i i was playing around with the idea of purchasing like a nice you know 10, 15-gallon, like, you know, SS Brewtech or whatever. There's so many brands. But, but, you know, so many of our members in the club use Kegels. And I was like, man, maybe I should just look into this Kegel thing. So I did. I found one that was super cheap on Craigslist, which is where, honestly, I've pieced together my brewery through Craigslist and offer up, like, really cheap findings. And it was actually already converted. So that was the best part. I think I got it for like at the end of the day, probably got it for like twelve bucks. Oh man, <laughs> smoking deal! He gave me two. Ke- he gave me two converted keggles and an immersion chiller for like thirty dollars. So I was
0: like, cool. Dude, the immersion chiller copper alone is worth more than that,
2: <laughs> right? So I was like, set to go. I even I gave the, like the second keggle away because I was like, you know. But, so I didn't convert it myself, but recently, it's so funny that you say this, is literally last weekend, when I think I hit you up on Instagram, I was like, I need some way to measure the volumes in here. I have no idea what's going on. My efficiency's off, like it's all over the place. And I think you posted something about someone etching. Yeah, and so I had been looking into that and I was like, uh, you know, I'm not an electrician. I don't know how batteries work. <laughs>
0: Yeah, doing the, the electrolysis etching in the side of the in in the inside. You know, yeah. you know, you want to know the the easy way to do it without electricity is get a stick, and you get it on a flat surface and you fill it up with one gallon and then you dip the stick yeah. in and you draw a line and then. But you, you know, a...
2: sticks are like so hard to find. So, <laughs> so I actually I forced my friend who I knew would be like. Good at something like this, I was like, "Can you please just come over, start the process, and I'll finish it." And he's like, "All right." And so I, I now have an etched kegel, and it was so funny because we did the gallon thing. I was so dumb, and I used like, like just a normal water jug of to to measure it. And those things are not a gallon. I'm just saying for anyone out there, don't use that. It's like a gallon what? and a quarter. It's it's crazy. No, 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 My no. mind was blown.
0: Wow. Yeah, they're 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 not really a gallon. That? Yeah, I I have I actually have a old brewing bucket that has lines in it, mm-hmm. and so that's what I use for use my that. measures. Yeah, and every yeah. time I don't use that, my efficiency gets thrown off because my system is built to me filling my kettle up with that bucket, and so it, it's funny how and. Don't get me Wait, wrong. You yes. You put the
1: water in the bucket and then you put the bucket and then you pour the water into the thing? And then I
0: pour the water in the kettle. Yeah. Like but I also, Tyrex? yeah, but I, <laughs> but, but I also, I will say that I use only distilled water in my brewery. So mm. it's like, I'm just sitting there pouring gallon jugs into it and then I get it up to where I need it to. And then I just dump it in. It's not like, yeah, it's not like water yeah. from the hose or anything.
2: I don't know. I, my mind was blown because we filled it 13 gallons and I was like, this doesn't seem right. This is almost at the top. And so, anyway, so then I was using a brew bucket, measured it again, it was super off. So we dumped all those thirteen gallons, remeasured everything. It was crazy, but I was able to etch the fifteen gallons. So I'm, I'm stoked to use it.
0: You know that sounds like every job? homebrew. That sounds like every homebrew project in the world, right? Is like, <laughs> you think <laughs> it's going to be so easy, and then it becomes a long project. You go down,
1: mm-hmm. and then you do it, and you're like, oh, I missed but it's like yeah for something
2: you have to you have to do that right or else it's like why even (laughs) the whole point is that it has to be measured at least a little Mm -hmm. bit properly so it was worth it i
0: guess in the end Lori, tell me a bit about your system and and what what like for example obviously when you're brewing ciders it's pretty much you're just gonna get it into your fermenter and add yeast Mm -hmm. to it What, what does your beer system look like
1: I'm bringing a bag, and I also like to brew, I still brew extract as well. So, yeah, my I, and I also do, I kind of keep it at three gallons, a, the occasional five-gallon recipe, but three gallons mostly. I will say something that's been coming in handy a lot is my electric cuddle, and I've been using it more for sanitation purposes, and I used it when I made mead recently. That was very helpful to have it, and actually everyone... <clears throat> I, like a little group a small safe group of people got together socially with, distanced with masks on outside <laughs> and our friend like had like 60 pounds of honey and we were just going to like you know assemble the meads and measure it and then he had all these all the nutrients and stuff so it was cool to use that and I used an immersion blender and I was like very pleased I felt like that was very DIY-ish of me to just come. No one told me to bring an electric kettle or an immersion blender. I just, I just rolled with it, and then everyone used it, so it was cool.
0: Yeah, yes. and and to be honest, I'd kill for all of those things if I was making a mead. It's just, it, it's the, it, it's little things like that that can, that can make it so that it's. I mean, you're you're trying to dilute sixty gallons of sixty pounds of honey between how many kettles? It's like, yeah. Just makes it easier
1: no it was a no-brainer and then it's always nice when you like impress someone who like thinks they're like a badass
2: maker they're like oh. especially when it's a guy
1: that's <laughs> what i mentioned i hate men i'm just kidding men are great so yeah that was cool and then then i was just like you know what this electric kettle is like i'm i'm like i'm a mom i'm like i'm a domestic goddess obviously and i've been following i my house is a mess and it drives me crazy to help my brain I've been following an Instagram cleaning page and the woman always is like boiling water boiling water and I was like okay lady so I've been using that electric kettle a lot I was able I feel like to accelerate getting my water up to temperature just by kind of you know doing a gallon of that and adding it and sanitizing like I said so it's been kind of cool
0: what how big is your electric kettle
1: it's It's two liters, maybe,
0: oh, so like your like little electric plug in the wall yeah. kind of kettle, like you yeah, that's awesome. I I, every time so I'll I'll give you what I was thinking until I just figured that out (laughs) is that you know I always think in my mind like in Europe they have these like tea urns that can like boil water right and you can like plug them in the wall they kind of look like maybe a smaller version of like a robo brew or something like that but without all the baskets and stuff in it and they have like a little black you know kind of thing on the bottom and it, it it's funny that's how come like in Europe Electric brewing is kind of everywhere because of that. And there, and you know, power out of the walls 220 and not 110. So it's easy oh, to boil yeah. water. So when you talk to Europeans, which we have a ton on the show, they're always like, What you guys use propane burners? Why?
1: What's up, Europe?
0: <laughs> you know, what I will say
2: is recently I, I have we have quite a few people that do electric brewing and there's just been some crazy blackouts out here in LA I don't know I think it maybe it's just like the heat thing or the energy thing but the power goes out and then they're they're screwed they can't there goes do your anything gritty. yeah you're done yeah. like with propane it's like oh crap okay at least I can drive down the street and go get like a new tank but with electric brewing you're kind of like SOL I I that that that's happened quite a few times recently and it it kind of made me a little scared to jump to electric, but I don't know. I, I get the appeal, but that that's kind of tripped me out a little bit.
0: I, Wait, I'll have you know help? that I'll i you know, and then you'll get to talk, Lori. I will have you know that you, Tyler, are the first person that has actually brought me a negative to electric brewing, and I love it because <laughs> usually it's everybody going, "Hey, electric brewing! This is the way of the future. You should be doing this, right?" And so that uh, never, but we don't tend to have problems with our power here in Colorado. And yeah. so I count on one hand how many times my power has gone out in the last 3 years, but I yeah.
2: literally came home tonight with a a notice on my door like, "Hey, your power is going to be out between 11 <laughs> and 2 p.m. on Friday." Just letting you know. I'm like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> I hope you don't Crazy. like power then. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, we I'm not fermenting it. like a logger right now cuz Oh, shoot. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs>
0: Imagine being a yep. brewery and the, your money is riding on that, right? It's like, oh, just a few hours. It's fine. Lori, <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say before I interrupt you? I'm sorry. Well, I was
1: going to ask, where do people in Denver brew? Are you brewing like indoors or outdoors? Or
0: Yeah, so I have gone electric this year. I've got mm-hmm. a mash and boil. Actually, what happened is my neighbor had one and he built this crazy electric brewery out of a brew block system that like we've done entire podcast episodes on it was pretty cool and then when he was done with that he was like hey you want this mash and boil i was like fine and i actually just sold my kegel in the last two months and it was a sad day because i've brewed so many batches on that thing and very same same type of story as uh, tyler's I actually got mine for 25 bucks off of a, a guy who was moving to California f- in Utah. And he was like, Hey, I have to get rid of all my brewing equipment. And he sold me two mm-hmm. kegels. He sold me, uh, a, uh, one with a sight glass that was his liquor tank. And then he sold me one that was his boil kettle. And then I ended up just giving the hot liquor tank away. Cause I didn't need it. So, cause I nice. brewed a bag.
1: Do you, do you use that indoors or outdoors?
0: I, I, indoors, I, it, I've actually brought it indoors and I'm just brewing in my kitchen. One thing that people don't know about Colorado is the weather here is actually surprisingly pretty nice. Even in the winter, I would say 60 degrees is pretty common here. It's oh, not cool. even throughout the winter though. We do have some cold days, but for the most part, you can squeeze a, a, a couple of brew days a month in pretty normally and do yeah, it Yeah, that's really the nice. Year-round. It's
2: been like lately I've been I'm waking like, up. Yeah. It's like 40 40- Degrees. I'm like, geez, where am I?
0: You're you're in LA. It shouldn't be 40 degrees ever. <laughs> at, si- at six AM, I was
2: like, I was gonna go out for a run, but I was like, nah, maybe not. <laughs>
0: well, let's talk a bit about like the fact that I I I will admit when I listen to your show, it just screams LA to me. And and maybe it's because <laughs> I I traveled a lot for work in my past history, and as part of that, I, I just feel like it, you know, my, my story of LA Let's is always it. like, yeah, I'll, I'll totally say it. Whenever I, I go to LA, I feel like I have a conversation about what we want to do and all it has to do is around traffic. It's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, we could do that, but then we'll just sit in traffic. Like that's always the answer to everything, right? Mm-hmm. So, but that being said, I, I do I do feel like that there there is a, a really big LA tinge to your podcast and I, I love it. I, I like that it, it you guys kind of talk about the local scene. You talk about the club, you talk about the people you brew with. And to me, I think it just gives it a lot of flavor for, for me. What do you think that like that scene brings into your podcast?
2: I mean, LA is definitely one of the most diverse places you'll ever go. And so, and, and diversity is, you know, across the board in the breweries that are out here. There's so many breweries. Obviously, I know there's a ton of breweries in Colorado. But there are there are, there are a good amount of breweries out here in LA. And a lot of them are producing a lot of the same stuff, a lot of different stuff. So we've got a, a nice variety, which is cool. And it gives us a lot of, like, it just gives us a lot of stuff to, to try. There's no way I feel like we'll ever get through most of the breweries in LA there's always something new and so just in in terms of like the craft brewery scene there's there is so much uh, to discover and then with our with the home brewer home brewery scene I think because we're in the specific homebrew club that we're in we're able to get a ton of different ex- like homebrew experiences so SoCal Cervecero started as like a predominantly Latino-based homebrew club. Now there's all different races, genders, etc. And it is super diverse compared to a lot of the homebrew clubs that exist, you know, even out here in, in Southern California. So I think in terms of just like the different experiences that we're able to encounter, different people were able to talk to and in just like our own personal experiences, you know, living in LA, Lori lives in like a totally different like area of LA than I do. And that sounds you know crazy to someone who doesn't live here, but she's like all the way in South LA and I'm all the way in the Valley. And those are two very different parts of LA. So it's cool. We're close, but there's a lot of differences between our experiences. (laughs) Well, and as we were
0: talking about traffic, right? It would be (laughs) a very, it, it would probably be quite the jaunt to, Probably only about 20 or 30 miles away from each other, but probably a couple hour drive to get there, right?
2: Yeah, we have yeah. not seen each other in person a lot over the past year. But no, actually, maybe you have, but it's, oh, it's a push. I just saw you this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's true, that's true. I think the well,
1: other reason why like LA comes through, I, I can see that, is because we try to make ours like it's very experiential it's very like this is what i've experienced and so that's just kind of where we're coming from we're not you know like we could probably do a little more research about certain things before we start talking about them on a podcast (laughs) but why why would we do that why wouldn't we just talk about like you know, some brewery or whatever. Anyway, I I think that's where it comes from. We're just really speaking from experience and that's kind of our world right now. And also, fun fact, when we were like talking about the length of our podcast, we we're like, let's make it like thirty five, forty five minutes. That's like the average commute in LA. So we were kinda of thinking, not not too long, just something you could tune in, you get there, you're at work and then you're you're done. And it's been working so far.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, one of the things that you you just mentioned was like the diversity, and I I will admit my homebrew club is all men. There's just there's no real diversity specifically Shocking. when it. It, it it it's not <laughs> shocking and actually i think it's actually kind of a black eye on the, on the homebrew scene in general right mm. to me i uh, the way i look at it is i think that diversity in general brings different perspectives to some of the same problems and i think that those different perse- perspectives because to me homebrewing there's no right or wrong way to do any of this right i think that there's there's too many people that are heavily dogmatic on things yes. and i'm more of like hey relax and have a homebrew does it taste like shit great well let's drink it right so <laughs> shocking on that right so so no i love it so for me that that to me is something that i i personally really want in in my homebrew club a lot if you were you know kind of talking to a homebrew club that's all guys right or you know specifically you know all Older white guys, right? That I would say that's probably what you would say is the diversity of most homebrew clubs. What what kind of things could we be doing to help diversify a bit? And, you know, what kind of outreach would you say we should be doing?
1: Connect with your female friends, connect with your significant others, your coworkers, your female friends, and say, Hey, do you wanna come and brew with me? I mean it that's how it all starts is someone kind of giving you that in and I think at first brewing seems very insider and I you know no one wants to step into something where they don't feel like they know anything or they you know what I mean especially if it's supposed to be for fun but I think it comes down to that like hey come let me come show you like it'll be really fun and then help that person get a kit and then look give them all your old stuff and then you know check in on them I, that's what I would say.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of definitely a lot of the females that join our club are paired up with a guy, you know, and some of them get more involved than others. But that is definitely an in for I would say a lot of the the females in our club. But I mean, it's tough. Like, <sighs> it's this is like a really tough question because it is it is kind of based on the individual too. At the end of the day.
0: You yeah, know, I, like, I do agree with that as well.
2: Yeah, it's like for me, I'm kind of an independent woman per se, and so I went to a I went to a meeting all by myself. I didn't know anybody, but it was cool because Lori was there, Flora, Sarah Flora was there, her friends were there, and so there was actually a nice, at least a little group of women there. And then obviously the guys were cool, but it does help. It definitely helps when there's women there because like I even I hear stories at the beginning or at the beginning of our club that girls did walk in and they walked right back out because it was like all guys and they're like, ah. but it, it takes time. I would say try to, like Lori said, you know, reach out to your friends, but it, de- it definitely is something that takes time. But look, women drink beer. It's like no secret. Yeah. You know, so...
0: I- I, I've been trying to get my wife to drink my beer for ten years, and she just is not having it. But that's that's just my personal issue, and my 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 actual goal is to make a beverage that my wife will drink. And that's kind of uh, and, and I've tried everything. I've tried very light sparkling meads. I've tried ciders. I've tried. I haven't tried making wine, and I did a really shitty job of it. And what I does need to she try. She likes to drink. She likes to drink white claw. Well, it's just just not good. Oh, you're nice. Self-serving, bro. That's tough. Get the dextrose out. I know. You know, what I need to do is just take some water, carbonate it, throw vodka in it, and she'll drink that all day.
1: (laughs) Sounds perfect to me. I love throwing alcohol into homebrew.
0: Yeah, me too. (laughs) But yeah, it's just well and she's even said to me she's like, "Yeah, if you make a if you make me some hard seltzer, I'll drink that." And I'm like, "Oh, oh I just need to do it."
2: <laughs> Try it out. It might it might be fun. It might yeah. be fun. I don't know. I know.
0: I, I you know, it, it that but for me it's like uh every time I and I get this question a lot on the podcast where people email me and be like, "Hey, do you have a great hard seltzer recipe?" I'm like, "Yes, vodka, water, carbonation." <laughs> like we're home brewers you don't have to like you know a brewery actually has to brew something right there's there's like laws on the books Mm -hmm. like federally that like you can't just throw vodka and things because then you have to be a distillery so they have to actually attempt to brew something whereas like you're at home there's nothing stopping you there and like if you want it to be clean that like why not that's the easy way
2: (laughs) that's true i I have a friend that works at a brewery and he told me their whole process and yeah basically using dextrose and A ton of nutrient because there's obviously no nutrients in dextrose. And I don't know, it was very interesting. I was like, maybe I'll try this at home. I just haven't gotten around to it, but maybe Uh, soon.
0: Skeeter pee? Have you guys ever made Skeeter pee?
2: No, where have I heard that from though?
0: (laughs) I actually, if you go back and listen uh, to the original Brew Pie Remix episode, I think that's like episode six or seven on this podcast the the guest lee bussey actually gives us his skeeter pea recipe and i have the recipe downloadable there and he, he he's like it's great for barbecues and it's basically like lemon juice and water and sugar and oh you god are mm. basically like very similar and you're just like what's, making...
2: what's the abv it sounds interesting <laughs> all
0: right you're, you i gotta look it up now hold on
2: I'm like, Skeeter Skeet, P. maybe I heard it on Brulosophy or something.
0: Yeah, they they made Skeeter pee on Brulosophy. I remember that.
2: Gosh, Skeeter. I wonder what Skeeter. The only thing I can think of a Skeeter is Skeeter is Doug from, uh, or Skeeter from Doug, the Nickelodeon show. Am I too young? Am I young? I'm Am Doug. I I'm so Doug. I, I, Doug was
0: on when I was a kid. Doug was on when I was a kid. <laughs> And I'm Sorry. old. I'm, I'm always the oldest guy in the room. So, All right. In Scooter P is 8.25 pounds of table sugar, 4.23 pounds of lemon juice, actually six pounds of lemon juice, another oh. two pounds of table sugar. Because they do them in stages so that it, it stays fermentable through the whole process. They actually add tan into it, yeast nutrient, yeast nutrient, yeast nutrient. Like it's got like four yeast nutrient additions. He <laughs> adds sparkaloid to it so that it clears out. And then potassium sorbate to get it to stop. And mm-hmm. then potassium potassium metasulfite to get it to stop as well, all in secondary. Oh so lots of sulfates in it. And this, see here.
2: this sounds like a future experiment for brewed up podcasts. Mm.
0: I don't what think L'Oreal wants convinced. to put that many. I don't think she wants to put that many additives in her beer. I'm <laughs> not in really beer. into all those <laughs> sulfites.
1: Also, what's up with lemon? Like it, you, I really can't get lemon to hang in there for too long. That's the other issue, like the flavor. You or? To, yeah, it just kind of mm-hmm. has a funky taste after it.
0: Yeah. Is lemon is tough. No, I'm I'm totally yeah. with you. That's why you don't see a lot of just like lemon beer. Yeah, right. Just, and when it's you not do, self,
1: it's not shelf stable.
0: Yeah. And when you do, it's a lot of lemon peel, but you don't see mm-hmm. actual lemon itself. Right. Because mm-hmm. lemon mm-hmm. peel will carry through. And, and that's actually where you get the lemon flavor. That's why you do zest when you make cocktails. Right. They, mm-hmm. to, you get more lemon flavor from the peel and the essence of lemon versus lemon juice. Lemon yeah. juice is just acidic. And Guess what? Beer is acidic as well, and so mm-hmm. when you go and add it to your beer, right? You've got a pH of four point one with finished beer, and that's you know not making a sour beer. You you're you're basically you're taking an acidic beverage. You're already adding something acidic to it. All it's going to do is make it a little more acidic. You're not really going to get that. I mean, uh, a good example would be when you're adjusting your pH, you're adding lactic acid to it, right? Usually, yeah. or and, or you can even use citric acid to adjust your pH if you want, and it doesn't really shine through. So th- these are my theories, why. I, I may be totally no, you wrong. you
1: are spot on. I don't even like lemonade off out of the shelf. I, I drink lemon every morning. I love lemon stuff, but if it's not fresh, it's not for me.
0: Yeah. Hot lemon in a, gla- a glass of hot water. Delicious, mm. isn't it? Every morning. Mm-hmm. Ugh, no, hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess, coffee? Are you a coffee girl? I love coffee. Me too. Mm, delicious. I love coffee as well. I love coffee but, and beer as well. So, so maybe what we should do is maybe I need to come on your podcast and I and we should do like some skeeter pee and then we should all taste it.
2: Yeah, I'm down. I can. I can be down. down. Will it survive being shipped?
0: It'll ship. It'll ship. (laughs) Anything ships. It's carbonated. It'll be fine. We
1: could each make a batch and then we could triangle taste.
0: That could be fun. I, I awesome. know I'm going to tell you mine's going to suck, but that's okay. I'm I'm okay with that.
2: <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like the best beverage to ever exist. So mm-hmm. I'm sure however it comes out will be just, just fine. So as long as, <laughs> as it's like, job. as long as it's like, yeah, high enough grab it, or ABV and does the job. We're good to go.
0: Well, if you're looking at 8.25 pounds of sugar, it's actually 10 pounds of sugar, right? Ooh, so you're probably, yeah. So 10 pounds of sugar if you're looking at just convert that to like the same as just in my brain, I'm thinking you're looking at around a six and a half or seven percent alcohol there because right, you're a it's going to dry completely out. It's going to mm-hmm. go to like point nine eight zero, right? It's not going to finish at like ten ten, and. If you look at like extracts, right, you get a five percent beer off of six pounds of extract. And Wait, so, what was the yeast this hmm. in
1: his recipe? I forgot.
0: Let's that. look. I didn't look at I didn't get that far. Champagne yeast. Lavellin oh. seventy seventy one B.
1: Yes. I love champ I love wine <laughs> yeast. I love champagne <laughs> yeast. I love all the red star bubbles. Booze. Yes.
0: Yeah, so you're looking at Yeah, I mean this this recipe is gonna get you a pretty high idea. Six. yeah yeah I, I would say it's probably closer to like se- six or seven percent
2: if you listen to our pod you know 6.5 is basically imperial for me so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i my my range my perfect beer like abv range is probably like four and a half to probably five and a half mm-hmm. anything I'd- above that i'm like
0: there's nothing wrong with that I, i'm from utah land of four percent beer right and so Ooh. i was i was raised on craft beer that was like oh hey this is an ipa it's four percent so that it wasn't really an ipa it's session ipa but the idea is that they totally couldn't make a beer that was over four percent and have I it on draft know that. yeah that's still to this day you cannot serve a draft beer in utah that's over four percent what yeah crazy Crazy. yeah wait i have a
2: question you said you had a house beer that you make all the time what what style is that i'm just curious
0: you know my house beer is actually just a straight up blonde ale super easy it's it it, stupid stupid easy it's like two row a little bit of like some cascade in it you so five and and my hop hop additions in it are this is how stupid easy this thing is, and and I do add a little. What's the? Why can't I think of the name of it? The dextrault. Uh, why can't I think of it? Like carapils. Carapils. Thank you. But yeah, so I add a. I add like half a pound of carapils in there just for some head retention. But then what I will do is it's like one ounce of Cascade at the beginning, and then maybe like some Centennial at the end, like in the last ten minutes. It's like mm. that dumb and easy, straight but, up yep Those easy are the beer best
2: beers though mm-hmm. yep
0: and and i, I shoot for it to be around five percent it's not it's nothing big like that's classic
2: yeah I, I have a blonde recipe that has a little bit of munich in there because i'm a munich whore so <laughs> she, loves, she loves the munich hey
0: munich, the munich is great stuff it, it tastes so, so good. good so good and it's and so good. and i specifically like the munich 10 Like, if I'm even if I'm doing a pretty light beer and just throw a little bit of Munich 10. And one of my tricks that I love to tell people is hey, you've got a light style of beer and you want complexity, mix in some mix mix the base malts. Do Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. throw it, like, don't just two row isn't everything, right? Uh, Throw in, throw in some Maris Otter, throw in some, it just changes it up enough that people are like, whoa, this is so good. And you're like, yeah, you don't know what like three different base malts are in here so
2: <laughs> yeah i i started working at a homebrew shop earlier this year just on saturdays and it's crazy the amount of grains and hops and yeast that exists it's almost overwhelming but yeah every now and then if i'm making someone's recipe i'll kind of sneak a couple grains and chew on it and that's how you you know kind of know that the, the, the flavor is it's i recommend every do that just everyone eat yeah. raw grains you'll know what flavors you'll okay. get for them.
0: I have a quick question for you, for you ladies. When you're doing recipes, what are your, what are your theories? Right. So like for me, I'm more of like keep things in holes, right? Like I like to keep things as close to a whole pound or half a pound. Mm-hmm. I see lots of recipes out there where guys are trying to do like stuff where they're you, or you read them online and they're like 10th of an ounce of this. And you're just like, no, 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 no like that's at least me personally how how do you guys build a recipe
2: i mean so i i used to try to keep it to like a pound or a pound and a half difference so you know 10 pounds of this three pounds of this blah 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 recently i will say i've been trying to do more percentages like building a recipe on percentages but i'm i'm still pretty fresh to that but i think that's where brewing software comes in and so you can kind of make the percentage but yeah it does come out to some really strange numbers so it's like oh yeah use like you know 3.15 ounces of this and let me tell you if you go to a homebrew store and somebody's making your recipe they'll be like this dick like (laughs) it's so annoying but at the end of the day you're like okay i gotta make sure i gotta pretend like i'm making my own recipe right but when i see that i kind of i understand it now that it is people just trying to stick to percentages versus you know weight so i get it so i'm trying to i'm trying to do more percentages recently for me i for the
1: the couple of five gallon batches I've done I've rounded up, but if I'm doing a one gallon or a three gallon, I try to keep it dialed in but i'm again I'm not like i don't write I don't take notes or like you know write on it or anything, and I'm still learning about beers and styles, so it's it's not like I'm sensing that I'm off or that I give a shit to be honest, so it just depends.
2: Yeah, Maybe, it's always, it's always like, you know, is this point five three ounces really going to make a difference? Yeah. Like, it may not, it may, it may. But when you're trying to make something consistent, I, I get where that craziness kind of comes from. Yeah. You know, kicks in.
0: I, I could see I where feel
1: like I'm not there yet.
0: Yeah, but I can also <laughs> see where Lori talks about like doing a one gallon batch. I think getting more precise when you have very little. Room for error, I guess, would be yeah. the word, right? There, mm-hmm. the, whereas like I'm
1: trying to fit everything in, yeah,
0: yeah, you're trying to fit every, like, you're trying to fit five different grains into a one gallon batch, right? Yeah. I think you got to be a little more precise. Whereas if you have a five gallon batch, even if I'm doing percentages, I'll get close and then just round up to the nearest like at least mm-hmm. quarter pound or half pound or yeah. something like not that. Like right? It's
1: like the style police are going to knock down your door and be like, "Hey." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do I don't know. Chocolate you, there, you don't sit on the internet and get comments uh. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> not. Yikes.
1: Not yet. Not yet, anyway.
0: I uh. will say that for the most part, all of my comments are generally positive. But when I get a negative one, I'm like, whoa, man, it's beer. Have one. Yeah. <laughs> God, I will tell you,
2: the craziest – we get the craziest recipes – and it's been such an experience working at a homebrew shop during COVID because, you know, usually, obviously, usually people would come in and make their own recipes. But because we've had to make everyone's recipes and make them ready to go, it's you just really get to see how crazy people can be or how kind of like whatever people could be. It's there's so many different personalities and and analities in homebrew <laughs> 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 levels of, yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I,
0: but that's the thing I love about it, right? It's such a personal thing, right? Uh, people, yeah. people. Pe- I I actually think that people talk about, you know, beers having certain flavors. They'll always say like, you know, hey, this has that extract flavor. I think people have flavors too. I think that certain brewers have a certain flavor right. that they generally have and it, it you know like my beers taste like my beers i can't explain how or why but they do and you know if i if i have jim in my club and he brings beers his beers taste like his beers and and he's the guy who oh, brews jim. with the season so trust me it's it <laughs> tastes like his beer but but the idea is that that is kind of for me how i look at the for for when i talk to brewers and and i'm drinking other people's brewer beers I, I that's one thing I feel like is that people brew their own I don't know it's hard to explain
1: yeah people well, got their yeah, own are, styles you, are you gonna and... chase a whale and get real particular and you know when you get your sh- your stuff from the shop are you gonna take it home and reweigh it and double check everything or are you just gonna brew it
2: it's like cooking or any other types of art mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah I same thing. I love to bring it into and say it's cooking and people I there's there's a reason why I listed this as a food podcast and not a hobby podcast because in mm-hmm. all reality it is food and and so and I'm a big cook I cook a ton I've I worked in the restaurant business for a long time and had to work in kitchens and things like that and so for me it's like brewing just following the same recipe as cooking a pot of chili like they're the same processes and yeah i'm a little more geeky on the science side of it and i've built like my own fermentation chamber and got computers out in a soldering iron but you know what people do that for smokers too and so oh yeah oh yeah Um, and so (laughs) it it, to me like they all go hand in hand and that's why like you see a lot of, of people online that are like oh yeah i i brew beer i smoke meat I cure meat, like all of that stuff, kind of all goes hand in hand because it it, it really is kind of hitting the same spot of the brain, right?
2: Yes, we have a ton of meat people in our club. <laughs> we have a whole, so we have a we have a Slack for our club, and we have a cooking channel in that Slack. I don't know if you know what Slack is. It's the messenger uh, thing. Yeah. Yep, I use yeah. it at work. And there's so many meat smokers meat cookers Lori's actually a wunderbar chef just saying
0: (laughs) (laughs) she's giving us hand gestures like rock ons (laughs) I'm
1: I'm excited about that thank you
0: so let's talk a bit about the podcast a little bit more Mm -hmm. so where if if I am interested wanted to listen to your podcast where would I listen to it
1: all the platforms baby (laughs) everything the whole spectrum and we're host. We're hosted by Anchor, but you can Google Spotify, Google. Wait, I already said that. Apple, yeah,
2: yep. Apple, yeah. And actually, we got. I got the idea to go through Anchor FM from you, so thank you. You're welcome. Muchas gracias. Yep. Yeah,
0: nothing like free podcast hosting.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. I love it. I, I
1: love it a lot.
0: Awesome. And then if if I were do you have a website or is just just the podcast?
1: we also have an instagram page the next best thing to a website as far as i'm concerned <clears throat> brewed up podcast on instagram yep. and um, i follow that yeah, yeah you do oh, good thank stuff yeah we follow yours
0: <laughs> awesome well ladies thank you so so much for coming on homebrewing diy and like i said if you guys want to have a fun homebrewing podcast to listen to and, and it is fun you have to listen to the brewed up podcast i will say spell it right it's b-r-e-w apostrophe d and it, it's you know it's not ed and because <laughs> when you search for it it doesn't come up if you don't hit that apostrophe but thank that being you. said make sure you you check out this podcast it, it is a good time and ladies thank you so much for spending some time with homebrewing diy tonight
1: oh thanks colter We had a lot of, we had, yeah,
2: we had fun. Thanks for having us. It was a great combo and appreciate us. uh, Appreciate you having us on.
0: I'd like to thank Tyler and Lori for taking the time to come on this week's show. It was a great conversation and I had a lot of fun talking to them. We, just sat around and shot the shit and it was a good time. That being said, check out their podcast brewed up. It's on all the podcast services and follow them on Instagram and enjoy, enjoy a new podcast. It's, it's really a fun one. You can find homebrewing DIY on all the socials. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all one word at homebrewing DIY. Give us a follow. You can also send us feedback to, Podcast at homebrewingdiy.beer. Also, if you head on over to our website, homebrewingdiy.beer, and hit contact and fill out the form, that will find its way to my email box as well. That's it for this week, and we'll talk to you next week on Homebrewing DIY.